Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Matt's down. Welcome to Matt's Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington. I'm waiting on Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball to join us. As the Nationals 14-1 win in the desert, Steven Strasburg improves to 15-1 on a year. Nationals improved to 62-44 and with the first win in the three-game series in Arizona. Steven Strasburg was on the mound tonight. Uh, he bounced back from his first loss of the season, in uh, first loss of the season, first loss in 21 starts with seven scoreless for the Indians last week in Progressive Field. Entered the night tied for MLB lead and wins fifth in the majors with 10.93 Ks per nine, 24 and 0 with the Nats 26 and 1 in his last 27 starts when he gets a 3 3-0 lead. Uh, 4-0 when he took the mound, uh, 4-0 Nationals when he took the mound. Uh, he gave up a run in the first on an RBI ground out by Paul Goldschmidt. It was the only run he allowed during his time on the mound there. Uh, Strasburg done after seven innings, uh, six innings, I think. Whatever. It was an easy night, breezy, six innings on the mound for him. Papelbon came on in the seventh. We'll get to that in a minute, Dave. But uh, getting out there, getting a big lead early, Strasburg just kind of cruised there, able to get his work in basically tonight out there in Arizona and just get out of there early when it was a blowout. Yeah, you know, I was real happy to see him uh, leave the game after six innings and 99 pitches. Uh, He didn't labor. Um, Like you said, he got his work in. Uh, Dusty got him out of there. You know, I think – you know, 15 years ago, Baker probably would have left him in there for another inning and, um, you know, just to, to, to make no sense out of it. You know, he was up 9-1. to one. He threw real well, got his work in, get him out, and get some other guys some work. Uh, you mentioned Papelbon. He he had a nice inning. They got Mark Melanson in who hadn't pitched in eight days. So, um, it just, you know, everything worked tonight. You know, the pitching worked, the hitting worked. uh uh, the manager made a really smart move, and and everybody can go to bed happy. <laughs> Your impressions of uh, Jonathan Papelbon, junk time reliever there in the seventh inning. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him going forward. I'm sure he's not going to be thrilled if that's sort of his role uh, going forward here. Now that they added Melanson as a closer. Yeah, you know, at, at this point, those types of situations are really the only time the Nats can afford to put Papelbon on the mound. I mean, his last three outings, he'd given up eight earned runs and hadn't pitched a full inning. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to give him a chance to work out of it, get a chance to, um, you know, to, to mop up and, and, and pitch in these blowout games. But, um, you know, he wasn't throwing any harder tonight. He, his stuff was the same. You know, he was throwing at that point against, um, you know, a team that was down nine to one. So they probably weren't, you know, putting full effort into it and whatever, but, uh, um, but you know, give him give him credit. Uh, he bounced back. He had a one two three inning. He got out in eight pitches, and um, you know his location was pretty good. And um, as we've said all along, um, when his location is pretty good, then then he's able to grit his way through it. But his location has to be absolute pinpoint because he can neither fool nor blow anybody away anymore. Uh, Mark Belanson made his debut, two Ks in a quick eleven pitch inning. Uh, I haven't seen too much of him with the Pirates, so it's sort of a getting-to-know-him thing. Uh, predominantly uses his cutter the last couple of years. Talked this week about how he uh, picked up a lot of uh, stuff from Mariano Rivera when he was in the bullpen with the Yankees, uh, using his curveball tonight to get some of those Ks. It was a nice quick outing by him, but any first impressions of his uh, Nationals debut? 
Yeah, it was sharp. Um, you know, I you know he he throws the cutter ninety percent of the time or whatever it is anymore. But uh, um, you know, if you're going to learn a cutter, that's a pretty good one to learn from. Um, I was surprised that he used the curveball as much as he did, especially when he was looking for a swing and miss pitch tonight. Um, but it looks good. You know, Melinson's numbers are really intriguing when you look at them. I mean, he he gives up less than seven hits per nine innings. Um, gives up less than two walks per nine innings, gives gives up, you know, rarely gives up any home runs. I think he's given up four home runs in, in however many innings pitched he's did this year. Um, you know, I think his, his exit velocity on, on batted balls against is, is some of the lowest in the big leagues. Uh, this is a guy that's just a very effective reliever at the back end of the bullpen. He doesn't blow people away like Chapman or Miller does do, but um, but has similar results. He gets people gets people out, and uh, and he converts his save percentages and, and, and save chances, and that's exactly what the Nats need at the back of the bullpen right now. Archie Bradley is a much better pitcher than he showed tonight. Uh, number two on Baseball America's list of the D-backs top prospects this winter. Uh, after back-to-back uh, seasons as the number one prospect in their organization, a first-round pick taken number seven overall in 2011, one pick after Anthony Rendon went to the Nats, down 4 nothing after one, uh, bases loaded sack fly by Rendon, singles by Wilson Ramos, uh, Clint Robinson, uh, Danny Espinosa, they just piled on Rendon a double in the second to make it six to one. That's when I stopped with the scoring at that point. Sixty-two pitches after <laughs> two, uh, seven-one when he left in the fourth. Uh, pitch count was way up there. Just a, a rough night at the park for him. Uh, he's a, I, even as bad as he was. There were glimpses there of the talent that he has on the mound. Uh, he gave up twelve hits, eight runs, seven earned, two walks and three and a third innings. I think we can just throw this one away. Essentially he stayed around as long as he could through ninety three pitches and that three and a third inning pitched and they responsibly got him out at that point. He just didn't have it tonight. Yeah, you know, Bradley's got some good stuff. Um he certainly didn't have it tonight. Um he's had a weird season. He's had uh, stretches where he looks pretty decent and then he's had ball games like tonight where he just gets absolutely pounded. So I don't know if it's a a mechanics thing, if it's an attention to details thing, if it's a, um, you know, I'm not sure what it was, but he certainly um, has talent. Obviously, uh, he was a very high draft pick. He's ranked high on the on the D-backs prospects lists, but um, just one of those guys that just hasn't quite put it together yet. Um, you know, he's got periods where he looks good, and then um, periods like tonight where he's throwing batting practice. So yeah, I think the Diamondbacks just chucked this one out and. Um, and, you know, and, and send him out again the next time. You know, it's just uh, um, it's a funny game sometimes where you can look like a, a world beater one week and then just get your ass handed to you like, like he did tonight. But um, the Nats will take it. They certainly needed a laugher um, after such a seemingly endless string of close ball games and, um, you know, nail biters and bullpen blowups and that type of thing. The Nats really needed a blowout, and, and they, they were lucky to get one tonight multi-hit games from Trey Turner who hit another triple. That was his third or fourth, uh, fourth triple fourth, of the year already. Yeah. Harper barreled one up, uh, one for four with two walks. Multi-hit games were Turner, Murphy, three for three. Rendon, two for five with three driven in. Ramos, three for six with two driven in. Uh, Steven Strasburg, three for four. He had out-hit the D-backs while he was on the mound. I think it was three to three, actually not out-hit, but 
at least match them. Uh, Danny Espinosa won for three with a run scored. Uh, I think we can chalk most of this up to the D-backs pitching that they were throwing out there. They're, they're struggling as a team. Uh, they're just scuffling badly. They're not a good team this year, let's put it that way. But good to see the Nats offense take advantage of uh, pitchers having an off night and completely pound them for the whole night. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a laugher, and the Nats really, um, really benefited from that. Everybody got healthy hitting. Um, everybody, I, I suppose, except uh, Bryce Harper. I mean, he had a hit and a couple of walks, but uh, um, not a really loud night from him. But when uh, when your starting pitcher has three base knocks, it's been a good night offensively for you. Speaking of Bryce Harper, uh, I pulled out some quotes from a MLB Network radio with Mike Rizzo earlier this month where he talked about going out towards the trade deadline, what they might do. We kind of hinted that they think uh, rather than adding anyone, you're hoping that you're going to get a bounce back to the back of the baseball card from Bryce Harper, uh, Ben Revere, even though he's not playing all that much these days, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, whose wrist is banged up after getting hit last, uh, in the series finale on Sunday. But you kind of heard all this last year. They were hoping for a lot of injured guys to come back and provide the offense they needed. They didn't add anyone at the non-waiver trade deadline today. That doesn't mean they can't add anyone going forward, as anyone who can type pointed out after they didn't do it today. But are you surprised the Nationals didn't make another move to add a bat here? They added Mark Melanson the other day, as we already talked about. But uh, kind of odd to hear absolutely nothing from them as the day went along today. I was plugged into the computer all day today and didn't hear a peep, not one Nats tweet, not anything from any of the baseball writers in the country other than a few of them showing a little bit of surprise at the national stood pat. Yeah, I, I kind of am surprised. You know, I figured they would have gone out today and gotten some kind of bat. I certainly didn't expect them to get into the to the Jay Bruce sweepstakes or anything, but, uh, but a guy like Stephen Pierce um, – who went from uh, Tampa Bay back back to the Orioles? Um, he would have been a really useful bat, and, and um, Tampa Bay picked up a middling catching prospect for him for the Orioles. I mean, uh, you know, I certainly think the the Nats could have offered a, um, as a, at least an intriguing player as they did um, as the as the Orioles did. So um, I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't uh, uh, they weren't able to to go out and get get themselves a, a bench bat, a guy that can play corners, a guy to guard against Zimmerman or Worth getting hurt. But, um, you know, like you said, um, you know, if Harper can start playing the way that, that, that they think that they can, um, you know, I mean, they, they've got they've got a top third of the, of the game offense, uh, considering Bryce Harper's hit, you know, 220 in the past three months. And that's um, it's the bottom line. I've got I've got a lot more uh, faith in Bryce Harper rebounding than I do uh, uh, Ryan Zimmerman at this point, unfortunately. And that's as, as hard as that is for, for Nats fans to – to hear it's unfortunately the truth it's just that um you know the, the accumulation of injury with Zimmerman has really reduced his capacity and um you know I'm not saying that he can't turn it around um but it's looking less and less likely every day after the win tonight losses for the Marlins and the Mets they got a five game lead on the fish seven and a half back for the Mets uh lost seven of their last ten they're struggling right now you mentioned they added Jay Bruce. They gave up Dilson Herrera and Max Wendell. I don't know much about Max Wendell. I know Dilson Herrera at one point was kind of thought about their second uh, second baseman of the future. Daniel Murphy even talked about how much they liked him when he was talking about why the Mets didn't bring him back. Uh, not a whole lot to get Bruce in there. 
Nationals were mentioned in connection to him. I didn't really see him as a fit with the Nationals. Uh, they were in the market for some of those closers that ended up going. Uh, Earldis Chapman, Andrew Miller ended up getting Melanson, Dusty Baker talking about that after, uh, before the game today. Uh, did we have the players to give the, give up that the Cubs had or that Cleveland had uh, around this time? The rich get richer, whether you're rich in talent or rich in money. You look at Cleveland, they're rich in talent. You look at the Cubs, they're rich in money and talent. You have to weigh, do you sacrifice the future for now? Sometimes you do, but we convened and we just couldn't tear up our whole organization for the now. You have to think about the future of the organization as well as the present. Should they be thinking about the now? Should they be thinking about fielding competitive teams year after year and not gutting the farm system to go for it once? Uh, what do you think about the Nationals' approach overall and how it played out today? Well, the Mets didn't move any of their top five prospects. I mean, they didn't move any of their prospects, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, Victor Robles, uh, Eric Fetty, Trey Turner, I mean, all five of those guys are, are bona fide blue chip top prospects. And, um, you know, the, the Nats' future um, looks solid. But but you look at that, that amount of talent and you think, well, you know, Cleveland traded Clint Frazier and, and the Cubs traded Glaber Torres. And, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Lewis Brinson goes from, from Texas to Milwaukee. And, you know, other teams are trading their top ten prospects and picking up um, you know, big time help at, at the trade deadline, and the Nats, um, you know, the Nats moved uh, a seventh inning reliever and a lottery ticket uh, low A uh, lefty to, to pick up a closer, which I think was a great deal. Um, you know, you have to, obviously you weigh the balances between going for it and keeping your prospects, but the Nats have the second best record in baseball right now, and if ever, ever was there a year to trade a top five or a top ten prospect to, to pick up a little bit of additional help at the trade deadline, then I think this would have been the year to do it. Obviously, Rizzo is a scouting guy. He's an organizational guy. That is how he's made his career. That's what he's prided himself on. And, um, and I mean, he, he treats these, these, these prospects like they're his children um, and, and very reluctant to ever give up any of them. Um, you know, and, and really, we, we we haven't seen it from him. I mean, this is a guy that has always stood pat when it comes to trading their prospects. But again, you you, t- you take the flip side of it, and you know, you can look at some of the deals that have been made over the last couple of days. And you know, say say say, you know, the the, the rumor Giolito for Andrew Miller trade had gone down, you'd have just as many people on on Twitter and social media saying, oh, they're throwing away the future for for a rent a bullpen, you know, and and so I mean you got to weigh the, the positives and minus for or for it, but you, you look at it and you see the Nats have the second best record in baseball, but, you know, a very winnable, um, you know, very very for easily foreseeable path to get to the World Series this year, and other than picking up Melanson, they stayed pat. And that's maybe a little tough to take for some folks. Yeah, I'm kind of happy <laughs> Giolito didn't get dealt. Uh, to a lesser extent, Fetty, I, I don't want them trading any of their top draft picks, but I don't think uh, the deals that those other teams made, uh, the comparisons for what the Nationals would have had to give up, I, I don't think I would have been happy with those, even if it helped them for the now and made them better now. But we'll see how it no, works but, but out. A deal like, but a deal, a deal like for, for Stephen Pierce or, uh, um, you know, one of the, the Rockies outfielders, I mean, teams that are going nowhere are, are giving up decent players that could have could have helped out. Um, for a lot less than, than than those bigger market bigger market deals. 
And we did say the Rockies didn't end up moving either of their outfielders, even though there was a lot of talk about that. Uh, I know everyone's, a lot of the people in the comment section are making that Steve Pierce thing. You could have given up this guy. You could have given up what the, they gave up to him. There's no way to tell if they were even talking, if the Tampa Bay Rays were interested in uh, any of the Nationals' prospects of that range or, you know, even if they discussed it possibly. So I a lot of that in our comment section today. I'm not contradicting you in particular, but just the idea that they could have done this if they wanted to is not necessarily true. No, that, that's right. I mean, you need there, it takes two to tango, and um, you know, general managers have you know have their favorite guys they like to deal with, and um, you know, sometimes things shake out, sometimes they don't. I'm not saying that um, that it would have been easy for Rizzo to to you know outbid the, the Orioles for Steve Pierce, but. Uh, um, you know, certainly maybe in the back of Tampa Bay's mind with the way the, the last trade worked out that they weren't involved with, maybe they would be uh, wary of getting involved with Rizzo in the first place. So, um, you know, who knows? But, uh, but again, you see, you see the market, you see the way um, other teams are picking up, you know, helpful bats down the stretch, and you just wonder why the Nats weren't able to do that today. Yeah, they can still make trades going forward. They'll have to pass their waivers this time, and other teams can block them. Nationals have managed to pick up some important pieces before that way. Uh, also, some call-ups coming up a month from now, so we'll, we'll see what the Nationals do going forward. We know tomorrow night they're taking on the D-backs again, Tanner Roark against uh, one-time Nationals prospect Robbie Ray, uh, 940 again tomorrow night, so hopefully we'll be on here late again tomorrow night talking Nationals. Where's the record? 52 and 44 in the year. <laughs> 14 and one tonight. 14 to one tonight. 62 and 44 on the year. Nats nightly sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Talk to you tomorrow night, sir. Sounds good. Doug says, "Go Nats."